Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's message by Pastor Paul Kern. Well, I want to welcome you, those that are maybe joining us for the first time. I'm the best speaking pastor on staff. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Tell you what, uh, get out of here. I'm trying to work myself into a raise, but it hasn't happened yet. So you just, you know, you, well, we're, we're talking about faith this year and you, you call those things that are not as though they were. Touch. <laughs> but no, we are so glad that you're here for the first time. And uh, I'm excited about what I want to share with you this morning. We're, our vision this year for our church is the just shall live by faith. We're living by faith. And um, for those of you who are new, or maybe you're new to our YouTube channel or our podcast, every year we pray and we get direction for where we feel like the Lord is taking our church. And this year, we really felt like the Holy Spirit was leading our church to, you know, enlarge our faith, increase the territory and the borders of our faith. So we've been doing a lot of sermons already in the opening year uh, on faith, and we're just going to continue to have messages about that because it's so important that we live by faith because the scripture says it's impossible to please God outside of faith. So faith is a very essential component in our connection with the Lord. As a matter of fact, there's no way that we could connect with God without it because we can't see him. And so it takes faith to connect with God with the Spirit of God, the invisible God, it takes faith for you to do that. So I'm just going to continue on talking about faith. And for those of you that are taking notes, the title of my message is Faithful Friends. Faithful Friends. It's a play on word. Friends that are full of faith. Faithful Friends. You know, we've all made statements like, um, I'm so glad she came into my life. Or, had they not come into my life, I would not be where I am today had they not come into my life. I, you know, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am now. Amen? I mean, we've all made statements like that and have had people like that in our life. And, and we can all think of at least one person, most of us, several key people uh, that have been in our life that have played that kind of role in our life. It may be a parent, for example, you know, maybe you had good parents that nurtured you and raised you and really set you up for success. And, you know, you have a, a debt of gratitude to them for their involvement in your life. Maybe it was a mentor. You know, for me, that was a big, a big thing with our lead pastor mentoring me uh, when I first came to know Christ. And, you know, to have a mentor in your life to help speak truth in your life, guide you, direct you. I mean, just hu a huge, investment uh, in your life. Maybe it was a best friend or a really close friend, and um, you know that friend's been with you through the good times and the not-so-good times. They stuck it out with you, and they've just been somebody in your life. Uh, I think all of us that are married can probably talk about our spouses and the key role um, that they've played uh, in our lives of helping us grow and mature us and you know, I'm, I am the, mostly the man I am today because of my wife correcting me and keeping me on track. And so I'm grateful for that. And, and you know, I am, um, you know, you, those kinds of friends that correct you, you don't necessarily appreciate it at the time. But you look back on your life now and you say to yourself, man, I'm so glad they called me out 
or I'm so glad that they corrected me because had they not, there's no possible way I would be where I am today. Amen? Amen. Right? So, you know, I've given you several examples opening up of my sermon. And, um, you know, I, I, just, I just want you to take a minute now and I want you to think about that person or those people. And I'm just going to pause like our lead pastor talked about last week. You, you pause. But, but think. Think about those people. Think about that person. And, and while you're thinking of them, let me ask you this. Have you ever thanked them for the role that they've played in your life? You know, maybe written them a card, called them, had a, had a serious conversation with them, texted them, you know, and just really showed gratitude toward that faithful friend in your life. Um, you know, what I've described here in the opening of my message is people that stopped what they were doing and they poured faith into you when you needed it the most. And we've all had people that have done that in our lives. I can think of several key people even in my own life. And we, we really truly do owe them a debt of gratitude because of their selfless investment. Because lots of times when you have a faithful friend, you're not necessarily so full yourself. You know, you're, you may be depleted. And so that faithful friend pours into you what you need in that season or that moment of your life. And once again, it could be a teacher, it could be a spouse, it could be a mentor, it could be a best friend, it could be, you know, a spiritual leader in your life, it could be really anybody, but they are a faithful friend. And, and um, I call these kinds of relationships providential relationships. I really do believe that they're providential. I think it's something that God does. It's not something that we can make happen, but it's something that God does. That's why we call them providential. Um, and they're just God-ordained connections. You know, it's like God brought them into your life at the right moment, at the right time, in the right season, and they helped push you and get you to where you need to be. And that, that's why it's so important, church, that we, that we follow the scripture and we don't forsake gathering together. And this is something that, I've, that I'm really going to harp on a lot this year. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you why as we get into this. But go to Hebrews chapter 10 and let's, let's see what the Bible has to say about our gathering. Our faith-filled gathering. Hebrews chapter 10 um, verse 23, and we're going to read 23 through 25 together. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, I believe. It says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Verse 25, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now, that the day of his returning is drawing near. You know, and everybody here is like, they're saying, man, I'm glad I decided to come today. <laughs> yes! You know, so it's almost like preaching to the choir, the fact that you're here. But, you know, faith comes by what? Not having heard. And so we hear it over and over and over and over again. Yeah, you know, I had broccoli last night for dinner. 
Um, not just because I'm just incredibly fond of broccoli. I just know I need to eat broccoli. And I know each time that I eat it, I benefit from it. I don't just eat it once. So, you know, well, I've heard that. Well, good. Hear it again and again and again and again, because that's how faith stays in your heart. And so the scripture is so important. This one especially is it talks about not neglecting meeting together as some people do, but encouraging one another to be at church, to meet together. And the reason that this scripture is so powerful because it encapsulates a very important principle that's really kept me in the faith for ever since I got saved. And that principle is this. It's called the proximity principle. The proximity principle. Putting yourself in proximity to other people of faith is so, so important. Faithful friends. See, they recognize the power of proximity. There's power in us coming together. The scripture says one can put a thousand to flight. Help me. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Okay, so that's just multiplication of two people right there. Look at the, look at the gains. Well, just imagine as we all come together in unity and in unison and we're encouraging one another in our walk with Christ. I mean, look at the, look at the power of proximity. So many opportunities, so much encouragement has happened to me simply because I made myself available for them to happen here. I showed up. And, you know, Tim and I talk about this. You've heard us preach this from the pulpit and probably Josh too, but, you know, um, we recognize that you don't always want to be here. And the reason that we recognize that is because we don't always want to be here. You know, you, you um, get to come and sit and listen. We get to study for hours before we come. And then we have to come up here and, and try to do the best job that we can and not put you to sleep and hope everybody likes it. And it, that's nerve-wracking. It's a lot of pressure. I would like to invite you to come up here and try it sometime. And just, it would make you definitely appreciate the people who speak to you a whole lot more putting yourself in this place. And I'm not saying that to put a, a pat on our back or anything like that. What, what I'm just saying is, is we come to church because we're called to be here. Not necessarily because we always feel like being here. Well, I thought that Tim doing our announcements, talking about our young women and some of our girls getting injured and, and you know, everything, the whole dynamic of the team changed. Yet, you know, those girls are sitting on the, the bench, even though they can't play, cheering their team. Their, their team. And even though I'm not participating, I'm participating. You know, sometimes we recognize that you can't be here, and, you know, thank God in our day and time we have live stream, right? That's how I watched the games. I wasn't able to go to Oklahoma, but I definitely was a member, and I was a part, and I was participating, and I was cheering as we were watching it happen. Right place, right time. Y'all heard that? Right place, right time. They were in the right place at the right time. I'm reminded of this scenario. So the Apostle Paul, when he was starting his missionary journeys and he was establishing churches, he was coming through and he went to this church. And um, on, I don't know if they were on the front row, but probably near to the front of the service. I don't know how many people were there. I don't really even know what day of the week it was, maybe Saturday, who knows. 
But Paul was preaching. He's establishing churches. He's preaching God's message. And he happens to notice a young boy by the name of Timothy. Now, the Bible says Timothy was seated with his mother and his grandmother. Now, you already know that kind of puts you in a different place. You're not sitting in the back with your friends passing notes, texting on your phone. You're sitting with your mom and your grandmother, okay? The mom who, sit up, boy. The grandmother who's, you know, you're wanting to make sure. So he's there. So obviously, you know, this tells me something about his mindset, his frame of mind. And so Paul is preaching, and for whatever reason, maybe it's just the fact that Timothy was there, Paul noticed him. He took notice of him. Now, I really don't know what happened as a result of him taking notice of him in that particular meeting, that service. But we do know when Paul came back through on his second missionary journey, he came back to that same place and he was preaching again. And guess who was there? Timothy. With his mother, with his grandmother. And in that moment, because Timothy was there, he had an encounter of providential influence that he could have never have possibly imagined that was going to happen to him. Because Timothy's mentioned in the majority of all of Paul's writings. He's the only one that is. <clears throat> and he was used by God in powerful ways, and he was a, com a companion to Paul like no other and Paul constantly was infusing Timothy with wisdom and prayers and insight and encouragement, all simply because he was there. The proximity principle. So the question is, what will opportunity find you doing when it comes through your town? You know, people, play, people are praying, God... You know, bring my ship in. I'm ready. I'm waiting for my ship to come in. And the ship comes in and they're not at the harbor. They miss their opportunity. You know, we, we pray for moments. We pray for direction. We pray for vision. We pray, well, you know, maybe it could have been in the Sunday that you weren't here. Maybe it could have been in the midweek service that you didn't show up to or the youth group that you decided you wanted to stay home and didn't, didn't attend because you wanted to stay home and watch movies instead or play video games or you were just being lazy. See, it's the proximity principle. And, and, and I think that the reason that God established this providential relationship that he had waiting on Timothy, and, and it was a key relationship for the, for the purpose and the plan of his life, I think it just simply happened because he did not forsake gathering. And I just think it's so important. You know, I have relationships with young adults in this church, and, and you guys know me. I love young adults. I love them. I love them, love them, love them. I don't hang around people my own age. I hang around young adults. I'm going to be talking to them. I'm going to have them over to my house. I'm going to be spending time with them. I'm going to be investing with them. That's what I love. And you know the ones that I really connect with? The ones that are here. The ones that are not here, I don't connect with. Simply because you're not here. Not because I don't want to. You just have to be here for that to happen. 
See, Timothy was in proximity because he didn't neglect gathering when his church met. So that's one big reason. I think the second big reason that this happened for Timothy is because the Apostle Paul was a man who took seriously being full of faith. Because Paul also recognized and realized he never knew when opportunity was going to present itself. When somebody is going to need me to be full so that I can pour into them in that moment. And people will come to you. It's crazy. When you're full of faith, and we know faith comes by, so sitting under the word here is vital because it fills you full of faith. And when you're full of faith, it's just crazy the people that God will bring into your life. You know, I, I, I just think, I don't think that young adults connect with me because I'm anything special. I think young adults connect with me just because I sit under the word, I read my Bible, I pray, I listen to worship, I try to stay full, and they're looking for somebody to pour into them. And I just happen to have a glass full. Look, look with me with Hebrews 12. Just a couple of pages over. We're already in Hebrews. Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, look around the room. You're surrounded. And people who have gone on before us. It says, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. See, Paul understood the importance of removing obstacles and hindrances out of his life because Paul knew that there were providential relationships out there that, that needed him and he needed them to do what God had called him to do as far as planting churches and spreading the word of God. And they needed him because they needed encouragement and needed somebody to help set them on that, that launch pad, right? And that's how discipleship works. But discipleship only works if we're in proximity of each other. And so here the Apostle Paul, he's seeing that, listen, it's very important that I remove things out of my life that will trip me up and ultimately cause me to miss providential relationships because here's the thing. You are one person away from your entire life being changed for better or for worse. Think about it. One. One person can make your life better, incredibly better, by challenging you, pushing you, speaking truth to you, encouraging you, praying with you, and one person can make your life terrible by leading you astray. Yep. That's so true. One person is all it takes. And when I was running the bars, which is a counterfeit of the church, it really is. I mean, everything the devil does is a counterfeit. The bar is a counterfeit of a church. I mean, you, you go to a bar to have fellowship in darkness. You come to church, have fellowship in light. Yes. Yes. When you go up to the bar counter, there is a pastor there who is administering spirits to everybody who wants them. And you fall under the influence of those spirits. 
So it's just a counterfeit to the church. But here's the thing, you know, I never really met any powerful, anointed, faithful friends in the bar. But man, I've met a lot of them right here in church. See, we, we, we can all and should all be proactive in getting relationships with people whose faith informs their decisions, whose faith informs their reactions when they face trouble and hardships, because faith makes all the difference. I mean, if you're full of faith, your response to adversities that come to you in life are going to be way different than if you're out of gas. I mean, you're going to respond completely different. And, and being in proximity of people like this is the one thing that we can ensure that our faith will continue to grow. We, we all know the analogy, right? The, you have the fire and you have the logs in the fire and they're all burning hot. But you can take one and you can just scoot it out here away from the fire and I mean literally in seconds, it'll go from glowing red to black. And then just a short matter of time, it'll be cold and lifeless. Not warming, not heating, not fueling, not burning away the chaff, doing nothing, doing nothing. So this year we wanna challenge you to be here so that you can be filled up. You, you have to position yourself in the place that the source is located. See, you may ask, well, Paul, why is it so important that I'm here every time that we gather? And the answer to that question is that there are people here that need you. There are people that need what you have. I mean, I, I have made friendships with people just by a chance encounter in the parking lot. I just happened to be walking around out there and ran into them. And now they've been members of our church for years and it was just that one connection that helped hook them. Just me being friendly, just me connecting to them. I've had interns that have come into our internship just simply by me taking a moment, just to, just to talk, just to have them in my home. And you know, think, think about it this way. You know, we can literally, all of us, literally, we can go around the room and we, we can talk about people in our ministry that are answers to our prayers. Man, I, I mean, the people that are serving on our sports team right now, people that serve in our ministry, I mean, on Wednesday nights, in our kids' church, in our nurseries, in our youth groups, in our events, running cameras and sound and lights. I mean, answer to prayers. Huge, huge answers to prayers. We literally go around the room and do this. I think about interns that have come into our internship and, and have graduated and, and they decided that they wanted to stay here and, and, and make a life here. And, and now they're young adults serving and giving. And many of them now have families of their own, having children of their own, and now they're in the nursery, and they're helping in the nursery. And it's just, it's just incredible friendships that are providential in my life. I mean, friendships that came at a moment in my life where I really, really needed them to be there in my life. Go back to Hebrews 10. 
Let, let, let's look at this one more time. Maybe now in a little different light. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Look at verse 24. Focus on this. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Now, when we think about God's faithfulness in our lives and how our faith grows, so much of it is going to come from faithful friends who have positioned themselves in such a way that their proximity in our lives causes a transfer of their faith to us. That's how faith spreads. Now, I've been in the ministry, you know, for over 25 years now. I've seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go. And sadly, not many, but sadly, I have seen people turn their back on their faith. And that always grieves me, especially when I have ones come through the internship or whatever, and then they, they fall away. And, um, and I've talked to people, and they have a crisis of faith. Paul, I'm just having a crisis of faith. And, and um, you know, I, I, I've heard people say, well, you know, I watched this YouTube video, I read this book, I listened to this person, whatever. And, and I'm not saying that those kinds of things don't contribute to a crisis of faith or, or people losing their faith or, or, or falling away. But, but, but let me just tell you this. This is what I know. I know this without a shadow of a doubt. People drift away or have a crisis of faith because they drift away from the community of faith. That's the reason that they have a crisis of faith. People lose faith when they lose contact with people of faith. Once again, let's go back to the fire analogy. I mean, I know it's fairly cliche, and we've said it many, many times, but it's a great example I think God did that on purpose so that we would see, look, if you're gathered up, I mean, even the scripture says, you know, can a man gather fire into his bosom and not be burned? Well, if you want to burn hot for God, you're going to have to have some fire gathered up around you. You can't isolate yourself. You can't be, you can't be out here. You can't show up late and leave early and think that you're going to have that kind of proximity in your life. No, you know, they're, they're obviously, once again, things contribute, and I'm not saying stuff like that doesn't contribute, but, but people lose faith when they lose contact with people of faith for the most part. And watching God move in people's lives through a community of faith is probably one of the biggest ways we build our faith up. I'm so encouraged when I watch people grow. When I see people have victories and miracles and I watch awesome things happen in people's lives, that's what encourages me more than anything, especially if I've been praying for them and I see a breakthrough happen in their lives. I mean, that's really, really encouraging. And that's why it's so important that we are faithful friends. We can build each other up in our faith. And relationships of faith are critical if we're going to grow in our faith. So critical. A crisis of faith is totally avoidable. Yes. I've had people come to me and say, Paul, I'm just having a crisis of faith. And I listen to them talking to me. And I can just, I just ask them a few questions. Have you been faithful in church? Have you been faithful in your word? Have you been faithful in your friendships of faith? Have you been faithful in serving? And always, one or more of these four components are missing. And that's why they're having a crisis of faith. Listen, 
I've never had a crisis of faith. I've, I mean, I've had some, some really yucky stuff happen in my life. But I've never had a crisis of faith. I'm not saying I haven't struggled. I'm not saying I haven't had hard times, but I've never had a crisis of faith. I've never like, don't believe in God, turn my back on God, not have anything to do with God because of what I'm going through. And, and here is why. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned this, but, you know, our worship team and the worship that we have here, I mentioned this to these guys backstage, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I'm telling you, you, you can't find worship very many places that are as good as what we have right here. You can't. And, it, and it's a credit to our team and our leadership of our worship team, and I'm just so thankful for that. But listen, you can go as deep with God here on Sunday and Wednesday as you want to. I mean, you can literally. And, and if you come in here intentional and you go deep with God in worship and allow God to touch your heart, to humble you, to move in your life powerfully, to cause you to be repentant over your sin. I mean, you talk about that'll change your heart. And, and, and if you come and, and when the word's going forth, you're, you're actively listening. You're not texting. You're not on Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram. You're not distracted. You're leaning in. You know, I just get this vision of Timothy. I just have to think that, you know, something Paul caught Paul's attention. You know, when we're up here preaching, let me, just, let me just tell you something. We feed off of people of faith. You know who I connect with? is people who are connecting with me. The people who are on their phone and distracted and not, I don't connect with them. But I connect and I feed off of that. That fuels my faith. That motivates me. It encourages me. So I can just see Timothy leaning in. He wasn't on the back row. He's probably up front. He had his notepad out, his scroll and his, I don't know, whatever he had. Man, he's taking notes. He's listening. And I can just see Paul going, hmm, wow, impressive. Right? Yes. See, the way that we're going to have a breakthrough in our life is positioning ourselves in proximity with people of faith, putting ourselves in the right place at the right time. You know, for your ship to come in, you've got to be at the harbor. That was good. <laughs> and then, once again, we don't just make it about us. I'm all for you praying for your dreams to be fulfilled. I think that's great. I'm all for you praying for victories in your life. I think that's awesome. I think you should pray for yourself. I think you should pray for uh, God moving in your life. But your faith isn't just for you. It's not just about your dreams and your life and your future. There are people that you're going to encounter that feel overwhelmed. I mean, hurting. I've been there. Dealing with a sickness or a lost loved one or an addiction or a family problem. 
And, and maybe there was a time that their faith was really, really strong and they were doing good, but now it's not. They, you know, they're, they're caught up in a reef and man, the waves are just battering them and it's beating them and they're, they're struggling. And the way that they're going to see breakthrough is not through their faith. It's through you loaning them your faith. I mean, think about the guy in the Bible, in the parable that was paralyzed. Remember the guy? And he, he needed to get to Jesus, but he couldn't. It's physically impossible for him to get there because he couldn't walk. Well, just thankfully, this guy, he's a pretty smart guy because he had some friends in proximity of his life that were friends that had faith. He had friends that believed. And because he was in a place where he couldn't raise himself up, his friends said, we're going to get you there. I mean, hadn't you always needed friends that say to you, we're going to get you there? And man, they took him there and golly, you know, just like it always was with Jesus. There were so many hundreds of people around, you can't get to the guy. Because, you know, so many people had needs and he's inside this house and they can't get in there. And his friends were like, well, we're going to get you there. We're not quitting. We're not giving up. We're not throwing in the towel. We're just stubborn in faith. And then they went up on the roof of that house. And I mean, they had to rip the roof off kind of faith that that man needed. They lowered him right down. Wow. And he got his miracle. It happened for him. See, they were strong in faith. They believed God. They trusted God. And this man wasn't. And you can be that person that steps up and prays for them. And I, and I get it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I have people that come to me, they want to meet with me, and they they present problems to me. That, you know, a big part of being a pastor is solving problems or hearing them, hearing about them. That's just a big part of it. And, you know, I, I have to be honest with you. Sometimes as people are telling me their problems, I'm thinking, whoa, that's a big one. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm like, that's, that's like a, a mountain. They're sharing the facts with me. And, I mean, I'm just like, whoa, those are some... That's some tough facts. But you know what steals faith? Facts. Without heavenly realities. And see, that's what we're talking about this year is that if we have people who come to us and they're having struggles or they're having problems because we have been in the word and we've been in prayer and we have been in proximity and we have not neglected meeting we have something that we can pour into their lives. See, we have something that we can offer them other than our judgments. Or maybe other than our humanistic, carnal, natural responses. Because that's not what they need. They can get that anywhere. What they need is a miracle. What they need is a person of faith. What they need is somebody to pick them up and get them 
tenaciously get them to Jesus. That's what they need. That's what we're called to be. See, faithful friends are providential friends in times of great need. They, they speak life and destiny into someone who is in their lowest point. And, and, and it may be you helping pay someone's rent. It may be you putting tires on somebody's car. I can't tell you the number of young adults that I put a $100 bill in their hand to help them or a young married couple. But you know why I do that? Because somebody did that for me. Somebody saw me when I needed it, and they helped me. They fixed my car. They paid my bill. They, they did that for me. See, that's what faithful friends do. And here's the greatest thing about pouring faith into people and blessing people. When you bless people, God sees to it that he blesses you. Because it's in giving that you help me receive. It is in giving that you help me it is a giving that you, everybody roll out, it is giving that you, that's right. And it is more blessed to give than to receive, trust me. See, faithful friends are a critical piece of the story of our lives. So my point is, you give your encouragement and God will see to it that you get encouragement when you need it. You give faith, God will see to it that you'll get faith when you need it. <clears throat> God's growing us in our faith this year, not just for ourselves, but so that we can be people of faith, so that we can be faithful friends. And like I said, the answer to some of your greatest prayers is going to come through a providential relationship. And, you know, the thing about providential relationships is, you know, you don't pick them. God does that. So I remember I was going through a really difficult season many years ago, really hard for me. And our youth pastor who had been here, had come through the internship and had been here for some 17 years total on staff for about 14. Um, he was our youth pastor and he and I had become really good friends um, and, and did life together. And, I, you know, I watched all of his children being born and so forth and talked about vision and ministry and all, all the things that guys do. And, and uh, God called him to move and it was time for him to move away. And it just happened to be during a time that I was going through a really difficult season. It was really hard for me. So to lose a friend at that time by proximity is very hard. And it's just amazing. God just had this man waiting for me that he just raised up right in the midst of it just to take that spot, just to be that friend. Why? Well, I think it's because you reap what you sow. When your homes are open, when you're blessing people, when you're here, when you're involved, when you're greeting, when you're serving, when you're giving, when you're caring, when you're praying, God will see to it that your needs are always going to be met. Listen, listen as I close. You do yourself a disfavor by not being here. You really do. And let me end with this. Timothy, young guy, hadn't experienced a whole lot of life yet. He had no idea what was he, he was in store for that, that day, that meeting, that Saturday, that Sunday, whenever they met. He had no idea 
what was in store for him. It was just another day, just another church service. I can't tell you how many just another church services I've been to, a lot. But then sometimes it's not just another church service. Sometimes there's a providential relationship that God has for you. And it's going to happen as a result of you being at the harbor when your ship comes in. And man, I'll tell you, I'm so grateful that I learned to come to church when I felt like it. And I learned to come to church when I don't feel like it. And I'm so glad I learned to serve when it was inconvenient. And I learned to serve when it was convenient. And I'm thankful that I learned to be involved and be a part when I wanted to, but also when I didn't want to. I've been to lots of connect groups that I wanted to go to and a few that I didn't want to go to. I've been to youth meetings and done things with interns and had them over to my house when I wanted it over. And then there's times where I don't want to have anybody over. You know what I'm saying? But once again, Paul made a connection with Timothy that was providential. It totally changed Timothy's life. And it totally changed Paul's life. Because here's the deal. It takes people to fulfill your mission. You cannot do it by yourself. And God's got people waiting in the wings. They're they're there for us. And at just the right moment, in his wisdom and in his providence, at just the right time, God's going to bring them. Now, that's not our job. There's no way we're smart enough to figure all that out. So God just gives us one real easy job. Be there. That's all you got to do. You don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to be super smart. All you got to do is plant yourself in that seat and be there. And you have set yourself up for God's blessing in your life. Amen? Amen. Stay with me this morning. Let's give God a hand clap. Come on, no patty cake. Let's give him a clap. Father, we praise you today. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Go before us this week. Lead God and direct us and bring us back here for our midweek service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.